You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. It is April 18th, 2018. I'm Glenn Rubenstein. This is the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Joined, as always, by Mr. Raj Geary, Mr. Matt Morgan, off uh, commissioning, commissioning in Longwood, Florida today. But Justin Barrasso from SI.com. It's going to be joining us for the podcast, talking about part two of the Superstar Shake-Up last night, SmackDown Live, and how things are shaking out over there, people thinking they got the better end of the deal. Um, also going to be talking about the passing of legend Bruno San Martino, passed away today, I believe at the age of 82, uh, WWF champion. Man, just uh, 2,803 days a reign as champ that will probably never be topped in the history of professional wrestling. At the end of the podcast, Mr. Raj Giri is going to run on the audio version, an interview he did with Bruno in advance of his induction WWE Hall of Fame in 2013. And we'll be talking about our uh, memories and some of the great things that other wrestlers have been saying about him today in light of his passing. We're talking about them later in the show. Kicking things off, Raj, how are you doing, man? Good man. Um, just Justin's having some troubles getting in. Oh, um, I'm just uh, replying to him. No problem, man. So SmackDown last night. Oh my God, did they get the better end of some of these trades? Um, yeah, sorry, real, okay, yeah. Sorry. Uh, real quick. I just got to say, um, with Bruno, and we'll we'll talk more yeah, about yeah. it. Um, yeah. Uh, Man, what a legendary figure. You know, sometimes almost we were talking before the podcast, I almost forget he was just 82 because yeah. such a legendary name for so long uh, in an era before me that, uh, and I'm, I'm not a spring chicken. So it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, really sad. Really, really nice guy. I, I only got talked to him a handful of times. And uh, like you mentioned, after, after this audio version, we'll be running a interview I did with him before the 2013 hall of fame. Yeah. And uh, you know, I'll, I'll get asked every now and then if there are ever people that I'm, I was nervous to interview. And uh, it was, Bruno was one of those good guys just because you know, when you hear, I, I didn't grow up with Bruno and I'd like, I've never seen one of his matches live and he was such a legendary figure. It's like, you know, Elvis or the Beatles for a wrestling fan. You just always heard that name. And uh, man, he was such a class act, such a, uh, easy to talk to really, really, really nice, genuine guy. And, uh, and his contributions are, are enormous. Um, and he's kind of like, almost like uh the first superstar of wrestling as we know it, you know? Yeah. 
of in a lot of ways. Maybe not the first, but one of definitely the biggest. Of uh, his era. WWF. The WWF. 60s and 70s, what names do people still mention? I mean, Bob Backlund. Um, and he was more 70s. And he, yeah. Yeah, he was, you know, uh, Luthez. Um, yeah, I mean, it's uh, it's 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 really sad, but uh, no, his name is up there. I mean, with the gorgeous George is like one of the all time most recognizable wrestlers in the business. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, my uh, thoughts go out to his family, but man, what an amazing life he lived. Yeah, no, and uh, very well thought of. I mean, he had a little bit of heat with guys like Ric Flair. We were saying before Hulk Hogan, uh, but aside from that, I mean, it's hard to find uh, people speaking bad about him. Yeah, his advocacy for people up and down the card. Yeah, absolutely. Oh man, so uh, yeah, God, superstar shakeup. Oh man, wow. <laughs> well, this was one of the the odd years that SmackDown got the better end. Yeah, I mean this is this is huge. The way that, you know, I, I hate to bring it in comic book comparison, but remember like when the X Men would have gold team and blue team. And they would change that every once in a while. I mean, to me, this this is that level of cool where they've really balanced it on a way where I think I'm curious to see what Raw has done. But with SmackDown, SmackDown is the equivalent of the, of the X-Men team that got Wolverine, in my opinion. I mean, it's just it's such a good lineup. Yeah, I mean, um, Joe was a big surprise. Uh, you know, yeah. I kind of thought... Uh, I figured there was going to be either a Rollins or a Finn. I, I didn't think Joe, you know, but someone of, of that level. And Joe is in, in, a, in some ways, I, I don't know, bigger, but a more interesting name. Um, uh, well, I don't know. It, it, it just adds a, a, a big heel to SmackDown. They really need that. I mean, they got Nakamura, uh, who's kind of unproven right now as a heel. I think he's been doing great so far, but it's only been, you know, a couple of weeks. Um, but you got an established heel and, uh, it opens up a ton of interesting, fresh matchups. So, I mean, raw got a ton of people, but a ton of, uh, just a lot of names that aren't even used on TV on SmackDown that often. So it's, um, yeah, uh, I think, uh, SmackDown with the Miz, uh, Jeff Hardy, Samoa Joe definitely got the better end of the Oscar. You know, the shape I mean, yeah, Oscar. We, we yeah, we were kind of expecting that. Andrade Cien Almas too. Mm-hmm. Uh, big cast, you know. We'll no see. Nikki. Sanity with no Nikki. Yeah. So. The bar. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's just it's it's kind of like there was a certain point last night where I was always like, okay, guys, you guys can stop. We're good. We got it. <laughs> we got enough people. Yeah. Um, it's exciting, man. Samoa Joe is surprising because he's got the match with Roman at Backlash coming up April 8th. So I'm assuming Roman defends his championship there and uh, Samoa Joe comes to SmackDown to – God, I don't even know who you put him in a feud with right off. Um, but I feel like there's some great options. It looks like Big Cass and Daniel Bryan are going to be doing Yeah, that's kind of a weird one. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to do Cass any favors. I thought Cass uh, looked good last night. Yeah. Um, Mikey was good. Yeah. I mean, he's he's been fine fine on the mic. I mean, Enzo obviously was carrying him for a while. Um, yeah, I guess we'll see. Yeah, I feel like I um, got that Enzo feud. I mean, <laughs> 
before Cass got injured, it was it was just one of those things where I think Cass being solo was having a little more trouble transitioning to that. I think his promos then were awkward, but I think that storyline was uh, ridiculous to begin with. So um, I don't know. I mean, we'll see what what he's able to do with Daniel, how the promos are. Man, I'm just uh, really blown away last night by SmackDown and where we're going right now. It feels like absolutely everything has been reset. They got rid of, I mean, I'm not saying they got rid of baggage in terms of superstars that were dead weight, but I'm saying they got rid of baggage of a lot of go nowhere storylines. I mean, the bar I think has been in a huge rut on raw. This is going to freshen them up. I'm actually surprised new day didn't move. And I, I, if I had a guess post shakeup, if there's going to be a move, I could see new day going to raw um, in the coming months. Yeah. I, I, they weren't even on the show last or they were in a backstage segment, but yeah, um, yeah that, that act has just gotten stale. I, I hope they can do something with it. Yeah. It needs a little freshening. Um, God, it was funny. I was watching ride along last night with them even. And like, it was just sort of, to me, it was a nothing. It was just kind of like new day, new day, Gable and Benjamin, they had to air this now, or it's going to be completely irrelevant. Um, yeah. Yeah. People are bringing up uh, new day versus sanity. I think that, that makes sense <laughs> right off the bat. I mean, so who what, else do you got? So with Sanity, do you think, based on the promo graphic they showed, they showed the uh, one graphic with SmackDown Live, the interference footage, the way they brought them out in NXT. But when they showed the uh, the render, you know, them against the SmackDown backdrop, they weren't wearing their Sanity gas mask, crazy, futuristic anarchist gear. They were just oiled up dudes in Speedos. Yeah, well, they always try. They'll they often try to tweak acts a little bit for the main roster, right? So, yeah, but that's a bad tweak. I mean, I can see the Bludgeon Brothers; they're afraid they're too similar. But I mean, Sanity's cool look is not Sanity oiled up and next to nothing. Yeah, yeah, killing in Dane Man that back hair. <laughs> yeah, yeah, ex- exactly. Yeah, um, man, oh. So excited about this. Um, so last night, show started. AJ Styles coming out, um, which I thought was interesting, <laughs> furthering Nakamura, uh, who's not there. Oh, what's that? Oh, sorry. I'm, I'm yeah. on a separate thing with Justin. Sorry. One second. Oh, it's okay. Raj, having multiple conversations. <laughs> what's so funny, Raj? Cool everyone in here. You know, yeah, uh, we're, we're working to get Justin on. Yeah. Um, Nakamura, I have things, I have thoughts last night. I I worry when his two shticks are becoming punching people in the nuts and they're going to run this no-speak-English thing into the ground. Yeah, it was kind of the same line. Um, yeah, I hope they have more ideas for him than what they've done so far. <laughs> but, you know, it's, it's, it's still a cool thing. It's still something different. So Yeah, week uh, two, it's cool. Yeah, well, week twelve. Well, hopefully, they could keep her fresh. Yeah, and which is WWE strong suit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Have you recovered fully from WrestleMania yet? You know what? I, it's funny. I was, uh, uh, I was just thinking that uh, on on Monday because when I was listening back, I was like, man, I sound beat. And uh, we, we still had a, a busy weekend, so I still feel like I haven't had that full downtime yet. But uh, I think this weekend will be it. 
I don't know. My greatest Royal Rumble is coming up. Yeah, week. so this weekend would be it because uh, yeah. that, that week will be crazy. Then backlash the week after. So, I mean, I feel like I still got sort of my mania glow going on. You yeah. know, there are some weeks we do this podcast. I mean, not to give people too much of a delve. I mean, no, for you, it's twenty four seven the professional wrestling business. For me, it is very much Sunday evening. I get that kind of anticipation. You know, even if there's a pay-per-view or not, it's, oh, we got Monday coming up. What's going to happen on Raw? What's going to happen on SmackDown? Wednesday, it's, oh, you know, I'll check out NXT. I'll catch up on the other programming I didn't see yet. But so for me, really, Sunday to Wednesday is prime wrestling glow time. And I can normally compartmentalize it. But after Mania, I still feel like I'm seven days a week a little bit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And now with uh, well, well, we'll we'll get to it. We'll go, we'll go in order as far as AJ getting racked again. But do you remember one time someone uh, tried doing that and they had like a, a piece of lead or something down there to to block it? Well, didn't they do that? It's time for uh, AJ to AJ yeah. to get like a, a steel where, cup. Yeah, where a cup? Did, who who did they do it with recently? Where they had a cup and that was sort of the joke. Ah, man, I keep thinking. I feel like I remember Roddy Piper doing that back in the day. Oh yeah, no, they've. I mean, they come back to it. I think Vince McMahon thinks it's hilarious to hit people in the nuts. Yeah, I mean that that, that pushing people fully clothed into a swimming pool are probably the two things Vince McMahon finds the funniest. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess it. I guess it kind of is. <laughs> Hello, Glenn. Uh, I think we lost Glenn here for a second, uh, and he's back. Sorry about that. I I'm, I'm, was going to make a joke about using Internet Explorer, except I'm literally using Internet Explorer. Well, I was like, it's not even funny. It's that's the on truth. you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, man. Uh, I Kurt think... Angle did it in TNA. Someone's bringing it up. Um, Goldberg speared Bret Hart. He had the plate in the stomach. Roddy Piper, when he wrestled the Mountie, he had like a shock jacket or something. Um, the, but yeah, the the steel cup. For some reason, I remember that someone doing that. But I'll tell you the best uh, groin shot, though. Remember uh, last year? It's the only memorable thing about that uh, Baron Corbin Dolph Ziggler feud was that Ziggler like challenged Corbin to a technical wrestling match, and they kept talking about you know his wrestling career in college in Ohio, and he came out there and he had the headgear on and everything, and then they start the match, and then he just kicks him right in the groin, and it was over. It was the only, like the only good, that was probably the best Dolph Ziggler's best feud post the Miz, uh, you know, or that wasn't the Miz in recent memory. Mm-hmm. Um, man, there he is. We got all him. right. All right. <laughs> hey, my, my going, apologies man? guys. Thank you for having me on. And I'm sorry about the, uh, the technical difficulties. Yeah. So what's up, Justin? How's it going? I want to say that I've asked a few times about a female writer. I haven't forgot your question, but yeah, I don't, I don't think there's anyone like, you know, that there's no female voice per se beyond Stephanie McMahon. That's the main one. But it's interesting how when you're writing for, I'm jumping right in, when you're writing for so many women, you think you'd have more female voices. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you could kind of, you could kind of see it with, um, with how they book like the, the, the romance stuff on uh, Mixed Match Challenge, where just because a, a man and a woman are teaming together, that means they're going to hook up. Uh, and that's such, something a couple, right? Yeah. yeah that's something, uh, something I could see, a, you know, a guy that hasn't had very many girlfriends doing, <laughs> <laughs> which is the same thing though. And now it doesn't, that that's not to imply 
I think sometimes people take these things the wrong way. That's not to imply nobody on the writing staff can connect to the female fan base right. or the female psyche. Just like my issue with the shakeup, like clearly, and if it's Vince McMahon, if it's if it's someone on his team, it clearly comes down to Vince. They don't know how a draft works. That works. That's not how a draft works. Like a draft works when you're you announce a, a, a you know a, a new talent or you don't surprise people with it. So it's I know it's a TV show, and I think that's sometimes the issue I have with it. Is it a TV show, or you know, is is it supposed to be based out of realism? I think you can sometimes the the writing is is suspect in those areas. Have they yeah, watching an NFL draft? You'd know that you don't do a shakeup that way. I don't know. Yeah, I was frustrated. So, what were your thoughts overall on on the shakeup, and and which brand do you think uh, benefited the most? I thought SmackDown. I think SmackDown is extremely strong. I think Raw's obviously. It's funny for a three-hour show. They, they um, seems like Raw's going to be lacking a little bit talent-wise. I just feel like, and I like Bobby Lashley, and I like Bobby Roode, but I feel like you're trying to go with some vanilla talents on the top of the Raw card. I'm hoping that means we're going to see more Rollins and Balor. But for SmackDown, man, SmackDown is loaded, loaded with talent. What do yeah. you guys think? that's what we were just saying before you came on SmackDown felt really got the, the better end of the stick. And that's very rare. Usually these drafts are done to, to get raw stronger, you know, take who's been hot on SmackDown and move them to raw. So uh, who knows? I'm, I'm not sure where they're going, but um, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought they, uh, they really solidified SmackDown this time. A lot more people went to raw than SmackDown. Uh, but Again, the 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 talent that really will make a difference. It, the SmackDown got the better end of that stick. And I, man, if I'm part of the Raw talent that was announced after you have a three hour show, like I know those commercials. But if you're part of the Raw talent that got announced after the show went off the air, man, is that a bad omen? That's oh yeah, it couldn't couldn't be worse. I don't think for you could it. When have we seen someone uh, flourish that's been announced on the internet, <laughs> you know, or right on Twitter? So. It reminds uh, me of even Jack Swagger when, and I, I'm a huge Jack Swagger fan. I think Major League Wrestling can do so much with him because uh, he's such a tough guy. He's a badass. He should be presented that way. But like, I remember he said he was a free agent. Those, like, it flourishes a good word. Those guys struggle. You know, in today's column, I actually uh, after NXT takeover in New Orleans, Triple H did a press conference, and he actually, um, which the conspiracy theory in me, Raj, says it started the exact same time. Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, that match started. Uh, whether or not that was, it could have just been cool. <laughs> yeah. But he, he talked about how great stars can make bad writing, can overcome bad writing. And I mentioned that in the column today. And it's true to a point, but I don't know. If, if, you're, if you're boxed into a certain role, it's very, very hard, like you said, to flourish or to get outside that role. So for someone like Mike Kanellis, I don't think it matters what brand you're on if they have no faith in you or Chad Gable or there's a lot of guys. Shelton well, Benjamin, I'm very curious what happens to Benjamin. Exactly. How are you going to overcome bad writing if you're not even on the show, right? That And, and the little you're on, you have nothing for you. I, I, I think it's a, it's a great – it's true to a point. Like if you're on TV, you've got that chance to overcome it. But if you're not, man, I don't know. And plus, you see, when you get over and they don't want you over, uh, they'll try to bring you down, you know. Um, and, and we're running through SmackDown. Uh, let's get back into it, and we'll talk more about that because uh, that yeah. kind of takes us to Rusev. Uh, when- yeah, so AJ Styles. Yeah, go for it, man. I just, I'm, I'm coming in late, and I, I, I'm sure you guys may have already touched on this, but, I mean, my morning was ruined 
what a say. I mean, obviously, I had a chance to connect with him maybe six times over the phone. Bruno Sammartino, may he rest in peace. What sad news for the wrestling world today? A, you know, true wrestling legend. Uh, it's a major loss for the business. Yeah, yeah, we were. Yeah, we talked about it uh, some at the beginning, and we're gonna touch about it, uh, talk about it more after uh, we go through the shakeup and stuff. But yeah, right, I mean, up, uh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Oh no, I mean. You, you think of a WWF Mount Rushmore, and he's definitely on there. You know, yeah. um, him and Hogan, and I, I think Austin, and and the the fourth is up for debate. Yeah. So Rusev last night coming out quick match with AJ Styles. Uh, but yeah, man, I think the big news still is that he's added back to the Casker match with Undertaker. Now, have we gotten more word that it was the TMZ headline? I saw a lot of people online. I think, a lot, I think a lot of people thought it was a tweet. Oh, the tweet. <clears throat> what, 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 have you heard anything, Justin? I haven't been able to get confirmation. It's just odd that, you know, Jericho was in that match, right? Jericho tweeted about it. Jericho said he, you know, made a comment about casket matches. It's so bizarre that they went back. Um, I mean, yeah. that, that show is it has so many layers to it. I mean, think of how much Taker it's going to cost him to, to work a domestic show once a year at Mania. You're going to fly him to Saudi Arabia. Uh, they want Jericho on this card. You know, Mysterio's been been rumored to be on this card. Uh, this scene at Triple H, this card is just loaded. Uh, I'm happy to see Rusev back in the match, but I don't know. He's not going over, so I don't know. Oh, for sure. I almost re- would prefer he won the 50 man Rumble. And I know they haven't announced what the the winner. They had announced the, what the you know, the winning prize, but I think that that'd be a cool spot for Rusev. Even Mania. Why couldn't he have won the Andre Battle Royal? I think that may have made more sense than just being another piece in a four-man match. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think it's clear. And Justin, is there any way you could turn your volume up? Or um... yeah, how about that? Is that a little better? It's a little better. Yeah, a little better. Yeah. Um, so, what do you think, Justin? We speculated this the other night. Raj was saying maybe ten million. I was saying twenty. I think it's two hundred million over ten years. How much do you think Saudi Arabia has given them for this greatest Royal Rumble deal? Well, that's the thing. It's a 10-year deal. I think, though, and this is purely speculative, I think the starting number for this show would be would be $20 million, and then you go from there. But, yeah, I mean, look at the names on this card, what this card means, the fact that it looks like the world title is probably, or the universal title is probably going to change hands on this card. Yeah. Um, especially in a steel cage match with a crowd that's probably going to be forgiving toward, Ro- <laughs> or, you know, positive toward Roman Reigns. It's... I mean, my for this show, I, I don't know the answer to that right now, but my starting point would be twenty million. At least. Yeah. All right, let's 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 get to SmackDown. <laughs> <laughs> so Rusev uh, tapped out to the calf crusher. Very no, he early didn't tap on. out. It was a quick oh, did, DQ. Oh, Aiden DQ. English, pardon Aiden. me. That's why, right? He was in the calf crusher. Aiden English came in. Love Aiden's doing this new, more Hamilton-inspired intro for Rusev each time with the rap, the singing, like that's a guy I talk about taking the ball and running with it. I think Aiden English, who would have thought a year ago when the vaudevillains were broken up from Simon Gotch getting released, that Aiden would, would go on to flourish. I wouldn't say he's flourishing, but he's getting I, more of a role, but he's still I, kind of the, he's, you know, he's, he, he never gets a singles win. <laughs> so. He is the, the flavor flave to Rusev's Chuck D. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, he's just he, like a, he's one of the he's one and I, this is not a knock because I love the Singh brothers, but he's a Singh brother. He's a he's a a sidekick. He's a hype I man. Gets you on the show, but it, I don't know. If, I don't know. If flourish is the right word, but he's definitely enhanced his role over the last year for sure. His new look is badass as well. He's got kind of a Rob Halford thing going on 
Like, I think uh, it's definitely a step up for him. I don't know. I think, uh, again, we talk about overcoming bad writing and uh, bad booking. I mean, Aiden for a sidekick is definitely making the most of it. I'm entertained by him, but I think they could do more with him. I agree that my question is always, and maybe we shouldn't ask this, but where do we go from here? Like, is Mm. there any role for him after this? Or is he Heath Slater? And I like Heath Slater, but is there anything after him for this? Or maybe we should just enjoy this. He's good in his role right now. Maybe they'll figure it out later. I never would have told you that Hunter Hearst Helmsley uh, would have been in DX, right? So maybe there's, there's always the chance <laughs> yeah. of evolution. So you never know. But I agree. Yeah. I think he's entertaining. I hope they do more. He's another guy to me who should be in the IC title picture in some way. He Slater could be in there. There's so many guys they could do a little bit more with. He being yeah. one of them. Yeah. yeah. Um. So AJ was double teamed by. Aiden and Rusev until Daniel Bryan came out to make the save that set up a tag match for later in the evening. Uh, the main event with them going two on two. And then real quick, I got to, I, I huh. just got to say this regarding Daniel Bryan. Um, I just feel like WWE has just made him into another top guy really quickly. And, you know, yeah. he, it was going to happen eventually, but write it out that he just came back in this long absence and more video packages. And, you know, maybe he, they should have held off his match last week until the pay-per-view and just really make it big for as long as you can because it's a, it's a big deal. And he already feels like it's not a big deal. I, yeah. yeah, yeah. And that, it's right. not a big deal. But it started last week, right? It, to me, this week was just an extension of last week. I love the fact, hey, I'm not complaining that we can see that in the same ring, Styles, Nakamura, Brian. That's great. But, man, part of this is the build. And it's not that we shouldn't get great stuff every week. But when you become overexposed, to me, there's no answer for overexposure. Yep. Just, and that's why, to me, Kenny Omega is the best wrestler in the world. It's not so much that he's better than AJ Styles or better than anybody else. You just see less of him here in the States. So you want to see him more. Well, with Brian now, you know, it, it's, he's already overexposed in two weeks. Yeah. How do you fix that? That's a, that's a major problem. That's funny. That's what I have in my notes. I'm like, people complain about Brock Lesnar not being on every week, but that helps a lot, you know? Like, uh, Brock's, his act has gotten stale, but, you know, Daniel Bryan, I don't think he should be on yet that often. No. Down once once people have gotten more used to it, but he's just, uh, and, you know, again, like I said, he, he'd get, he'd be there eventually anyway, but make it, keep it special for as long as you can. Or maybe even, you know, it wouldn't have been a bad idea, too, to I know you want to be careful with real life, but the fact that post-mania, they could have teased that he was so beat up, he couldn't wrestle for a couple weeks. Mm. Well, that makes that next match so special. Um, or, yeah, or tease, like, how is he going to do in his first singles match back? And we'll find out on pay-per-view. It's you know? not even a storyline. Yeah, it, it wasn't even, it was, yeah, it was an afterthought. Yeah. Do you think part of it is, though, I mean, this is a really cynical view. But given what he even had happened in the past with in, with frequent injury, that their stance is kind of like, we don't know how long this is going to last. Let's maximize this. But I think maximizing it is keeping it special. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Don't go yeah. week to week. Yeah. I think we've already seen way too much of Brian in the week. And I was shocked last week that they gave away, and I know there was no clean finish, but Styles Brian for free oh, yeah. on SmackDown, it, it, incredible to believe that. Yeah, sometimes they do a little too much to serve the post-WrestleMania crowd. Yeah. Um, you know, like they'll do these NXT call-ups, which get the big pop. We, we talk, we've talked about this on the podcast the last couple of weeks. And then uh, two weeks later, they're kind of dead in the water because most people don't know who they are. And by not introducing them better, 
you know, with video packages and things like that and uh, giving fans that don't know who they are uh, a little bit of a tease and letting them know who they are. Uh, it hurts a lot of them in the long run. Mm, no, it's true. And uh, I think with Daniel, I don't know. I mean, with The Miz, they're going to be doing house shows in the UK that was announced yeah. that uh, we're going to get that feud. I just, I wonder what their plan is for him. Uh, I mean, they obviously don't need to really build him more, but you're, I mean, you're right. Yeah, Daniel Bryan. They're not booking him like he's a star attraction. We need to drip. Rather, they're just, uh, you know, blowing it out there. Yeah, it's clear they're going with big him and Big Cass right now, which... Yeah. <laughs> people are dying to see that. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad. You know what? But though, I'm glad they're not going with the Miz yet. I hope they're saving that for SummerSlam. Yes. Yeah. So, because um, I feel like throwing, you know, Daniel Bryan and the Miz on a backlash, or you know, whatever the next pay per view is, uh, is Money in the Bank after backlash, or is there an, uh, another filler before Money in the Bank? Because I feel like Money in the Bank has made its way to one of the more major ones. Yes. Uh, the- I- Fifth biggest. It should be money in the bank's June. It should be the next one. Yeah. yeah. So save that for money in the bank, but um, or SummerSlam. I think SummerSlam would be bigger. Speaking speaking of the Miz coming back and Daniel Bryan, so Justin Barrasso, uh, what's what's your take on this? My tweets uh, get the likes, get the retweets, get the responses, but Talking Smack's never coming back, right? Like that's just Vince is never going to change his mind. It doesn't appear so that he's the one to pull the plug and. <laughs> You know, the, the thing that you could bring it back now is, like, Daniel Bryan was, I don't think it's, I think it's totally unfair to say working his own agenda, but he was being himself. Brian, yeah. Brian wouldn't be on the show anymore. You could, yeah. you could put your own, you could put Peter Rosenberg or you could put somebody else. <laughs> would it would it work as well without Brian? I don't think so. Yeah. But it'd be fun to see some, I don't know who you could have host in that spot. Yeah. I don't think Page Page wouldn't work. JBL wouldn't work. Um, yeah, I, I mean, know, I, exactly to, to to your point, Justin. How many times have we seen Raw talk and no one talks about it ever? And I th- ever. And the reason is is the hosts. And without Daniel Bryan, right. that, who knows? You know, that's not to say it couldn't work with someone else, but it's sort of tricky to think of. Like, I almost think a good host could be. But the problem is he's got to get himself over too, so it's tricky. Is is Dolph Ziggler could be a good host? He's got nothing, you know. He, he has now. He has the the McIntyre. Uh, yeah, now he's on Raw. Maybe yeah. you pull somebody like that who has doesn't have a lot going. I just don't know, like Mark Henry, who actually is pretty good on Busted Open. Maybe you pull from within another talent. But Brian was the right guy and made that show work. But think of that show too. It got the Miz to a different level. And man, I love the Usos, anyways. But that got the Usos from like another tag team to somebody I really wanted to see. To me, that was great for the Usos, that show. Someone's saying Bruce Pritchard. I don't I love Bruce, but I don't know if it's that the, the right dynamic. I think you yeah. just do Paige and Shane um, or Paige. Shane, I thought, was dry as hell on that. Yeah, but I think with Paige, though, look at that thing backstage. I think Renee night. Young and Daniel Bryan just had such great chemistry. Oh, they in did. Part of, and the, you know, part of it, if I were to think about the reasons what would make Vince McMahon cringe, Things Daniel Bryan was saying when the Usos went off script and name dropped that they wanted to challenge the Bullet Club. Um, there were so many moments on there where it was clearly like nobody cleared what they were going to say ahead of time. That was part of Which what made, made it great. special. Yeah. You know who I think? You know who I think would be good? You do Renee Young and Edge. I think Edge yeah. has a likability. He's He doesn't try to come across as uh, dishonest. And uh, he's someone I think that can make that show work. But it's not happening. So. Yeah. Right. Edge and Christian, yeah, I don't think it happens either, but 
if they wanted to do something, I think it would be on. But it's too bad because it's it's a missed opportunity to get your talent over. Yeah, it's just weird. I did a search on Twitter last night. I was like, I wonder how many people talk about this compared to other shows. And it's like there's one tweet about Camp WWE every three days. Meanwhile, there's you know hundreds every day about yeah. people referencing talking. Yeah, but Smash. Vince doesn't hate it though. Yes, exactly. Vince loves Camp WWE. Yeah. Um, so we got. Shelton Benjamin out in the ring uh, saying that all those nice things he said about Chad Gable on Twitter, that his uh, Twitter was hacked, uh, doing a bit of a turn. And then out comes Jeff Hardy. New US well, out came Randy Orton. Oh, yeah, that's right. Randy Orton. So they Jeff made the Hardy. tease like you, you could tell the build was to, you know, that it was going to be someone for Raw, from Raw. Yeah. And then so Orton's music was the swerve. Like you're like, oh, it's not. And then they swerved you again. <laughs> yeah. I liked how Benjamin, like, I liked him, though, with the whole Twitter got hacked and he's turning heel. I, I, and I know there has to be, you, you can't have 1989 superstars with his never a clean finish. But, man, the fact that you're trying to build a guy, and granted it was a good match and Jeff Hardy's a bonafide star. But, man, to have Benjamin lose clean? Yes, that was my point, too. It's his first match as a singles. Why not give him a little? I'm not saying he should have beaten Hardy. I'm saying Hardy no. should have beaten someone else. There's so many guys you could beat easily. Um, even if you know who Shelton Benjamin is, even if you were a fan of his in New Japan and watched his Nakamura stuff, I think the vast majority of the younger audience probably didn't and doesn't know. So why would you invest in this guy now? He's just another guy who, you know, he's an opponent. Not a featured star. Yeah, I thought last night was really disappointing. I thought the way they handled Benjamin, it started off so well, and then it finished poorly. Yeah, I think they could have just done a video package on Shelton Benjamin, shown his past accomplishments, and, uh, you know, just just something to to reintroduce him as, as now as, as a singles guy. But I, I think when you lose the the first night out, uh, it kind of just sets the tone a little bit, mm. and uh, it's yeah. hard to it's hard to overcome that. But oh, we're missing the big story also. Uh, Jeff Hardy now split from his brother now on SmackDown. Yeah. Uh, we had been speculating on this uh, for a while. I mean, be- for months before the split, we were saying how Jeff Hardy could really use the the move to SmackDown. And he just comes across as such a superstar that I think, uh, assuming the DUI uh, is not, you know, is not a... Uh, a problematic issue. <laughs> I don't know. Isn't it weird how backstage that's the one thing where, I mean, forget a wellness policy violation, but no, you know, a DUI, we'll just, whatever. We're cool. They said they wouldn't do it again. <laughs> yeah. Not to make light of it. I, and no. I, know, um, I mean, one of the Usos had the, the DUI too. I, I still think part of it is that lifestyle is just so conducive to mistakes. And I think that's part of it too, that, and, I, and believe me, you shouldn't drive. You should, like I know that certain guys in that roster, I know for a fact, have drivers when they're in certain towns. And That's you got hard, Uber, right? You should, yeah, and you have Uber, you have taxi, you, you're making money. You should spend it on uh, ways to keep yourself safe. But I, I don't know. I feel like, and Jeff was also doing stuff. If you watch his uh, social media, he was he was filming while driving. So maybe there were. I think it's just because he's got a past. It was worrisome, but I, I don't know. I just think that lifestyle is just so difficult it can be damaging personally damaging i don't know i feel like clearly it hasn't hurt him right because they they're going with him yeah and i think the difference between jeff hardy and the usos is that history um but, yeah. but again it's not his his history was more um drugs than alcohol and so 
You know, it's funny to say this, Raj. That to me, when I heard that story, I'm like, oh, I, and this is, you know, it's, it's a personal thing. And I, I'm, I hope Jeff's okay. And we haven't spoke since, but I hope I, when I heard the report, I thought, I wonder if they found anything on him. I want, like that was, and I felt bad thinking that that was my immediate first thought mm. and they didn't, it was purely alcohol and not the alcohols, not a deterrent, but maybe that was in, you know, he had a rough night and maybe it was chalked up as one bad night. I don't know. I, it's hard to know the inner, the private conversations between Jeff and Vince McMahon, but clearly they have faith in this guy to put a, to put a title on him and to go with him. And he's looked great since his return. I mean, he's, he's been out since for injury. He had he gave Gender one of his best matches in a while, and then uh, this match with Shelton was really good. And that moment post Mania with the Hardys, with uh, Balor and Rollins yeah. behind them, yeah. it's a great moment. Yeah. You know, it's funny that you don't need to have a five star match to have a great moment. Like that was a fun moment, and it's that's part of that part of Raw sticks out more than any other part in retrospect. Yeah, that's what I was, you know, we, this is another thing we've talked about in the past is uh, the one thing with the Woken gimmick is when there's a straight guy to play off of, so, sometimes that can make it just way more humorous and, uh, and just stand out more and more, way more funny as opposed to when you got wacky on wacky, uh, you know, like you had with Matt and Bray. It's interesting, too. It, it appears they're chewing to be tag team champions now that the bar is yeah. on. Smackdown. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, the, sh- the shakeup does give away some of the matches, and you know, not necessarily Jeff Hardy and Jinder, because um, I could easily see them having Jinder beat Hardy in Saudi Arabia, and then having the Miz or Samoa Joe win the Intercontinental Title. So that way, you still have the two titles, um, you know, one on each brand, but you just switch them that way. And uh, Joe, I, you know, I'm, I'm so excited. About, I know we're jumping around on SmackDown, but so ex- Joe is one of those guys to me. He was just a featured opponent on Raw, and I don't think he'd ever be more than that. Now, if he comes back with two world title runs, maybe not AJ Styles-esque, but the fact that you see him in a different light when he's back on Raw. I love the fact that Samoa Joe's on SmackDown. At first, I was like, oh, I'm disappointed that we don't get to see the uh, you know the, the re- feud with Reigns come to fruition. But he's not going to win that feud anyways. He's, he's right. just an opponent for Roman Reigns. Get him to SmackDown. He'd be a great guy to dethrone AJ Styles. Oh, I'd for love sure. to see some Joe title runs. You know what? I should, I should temper my enthusiasm. I'd love to see a Joe title run and, <laughs> and see where it goes from there. Uh, yeah. That'd be a great, I don't think he would have a, uh, a Bray Wyatt type title reign. I think he'd have a really good one. Oh, for sure. I agree. Because I mean, he's interesting on the mic and, and we'll get to Joe here in, in a minute, but he, he's just, he's so, his promos are so fantastic. They're so different than, uh, than kind of everyone else on the roster. Yeah, yeah, I, I think Joe's special. Uh, Glenn, I, I think he'd be a great, and I think he's a great fit for SmackDown. No, SmackDown absolutely. Is too crowded now, but he'll be okay. <laughs> I think Joe is going to probably get uh, some of the push that the fans want to see Rusev get. Um, because I think Vince, but to, to me, the, the problem is you got Nakamura kind of in the main event feud right now. Uh, they're going Daniel Bryan and Big Cass. I, I don't, I just don't know where that leaves Joe right now. Um, because the intercontinental title would make something like that would make sense. You put the belt on him. You feel, yeah, yeah, and you could do purpose. That. Yeah. I just feel like he's kind of already bigger than the intercontinental title. Um, like yeah. he should be more, more, and I hate to uh, dog on the intercontinental title, but there is a, uh, there's kind of a pecking order. It's not the main event, uh, but, uh, uh, but we can all agree the Miz made it relevant again. He didn't make it a main event status <laughs> for sure. <laughs> uh, speaking of the Miz backstage. Had- yeah. What's that, Justin? I think it helped the Miz, but I mean, it's not like, you know, Kurt Henning's run or things like that, but yeah. he definitely, 
it's funny when, you know, he talked about making it relevant, which I think puts in your mind that it's relevant, whether or not it is. But I do think when you have a steady champion that you put TV time into, uh, it, it can't hurt. But I mean, let me put it this way. When's the last time you were super excited for the U.S. title? I mean, Jeff Hardy winning, it's probably the most exciting thing to happen to it in quite some time. Well, I think that's the thing. That's the problem right now, too, is it's not like belts necessarily elevate that much uh, on when it's not the world title. It's it's kind of like who holds it. And as soon as they lose it, if the other guy's a star or not, like John Cena, it seemed like a huge deal when he was doing the U.S. Open Challenge. It seemed that like, was cool. Yeah. And then as soon as he dropped it, it, it just kind of went back to where it was, you know. It's, it's it's on who holds it now. Not uh, it doesn't take you to the next level like it did in the past with the Macho Man or uh, Ultimate Warrior, Kurt Henning, Bret Hart. It's got that. more of a Tito Santana feel to it for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so we had Jay Uso versus Harper last night. No, Luke. This was weird. I don't get it. Uh, it was announced uh, before that the Sonya Deville and Mandy Rose are on SmackDown. So Absolution back together. Kind of a trade with the root, you know, right squad and <laughs> absolution, basically. Really says something about how creative sees them. Just, yeah, just flip, you know, those two. Just flip brands. Yeah. You know, it'll be good. Um, but, yeah, Harper uh, beat the crap out of Jay. And uh, then the Rowan and Harper were beating up Jimmy. And then Naomi came out and started begging. Please don't use the mallets on him. Um, which is kind of weird. When Naomi was, like, screaming coming out, it was like, this is not a normal angle. Yeah. I mean, the, the Usos are supposed to be the challengers, right? Does this make you want to see them challenge for the, the titles? It's a step down for the Usos. Not just that. I mean, when you're building a rematch, you want to give the other guys some steam. Instead, they squashed them in 30 seconds and then beat the crap out of them afterwards and made them look like total wusses by having the girlfriend come out and beg them not to beat them up anymore. They might as well just get the face paint back at this point. That's I just wonder if they how they, far the Usos have fallen. Yeah, unless they're moving on from the Usos and going to like Sheamus and Cesaro or something like. I that. I can see that. I think the bar will, actually. God, I'm like, will the bar beat them or will the Bludgeon Brothers run over the bar? I think it's too soon. I, police and Braun Strowman and a ten year old kid. Yeah, I think it's just too soon. I think because uh, they're clearly building the Bludgeon Brothers. I don't know if you want them to lose that quick. And do you want I, them to? Yeah. And do you want them to lose, you know, Seamus and Cesaro to lose right off the bat? So I, I think uh, I think the Usos are the team. And if that's the case, then you don't just have them get squashed. I'm not saying they should have beaten, you know, he should have beaten Luke Harper. But you could have done a DQ or, or something uh, to at least give them uh, – because right now it makes no sense to have a rematch. They dominated at WrestleMania oh, yeah. and just killed him here. You know, I, I like Harper and Rowan. I think I've been very clear. Yeah. I hate this gimmick. I hate oh, the Bludgeon okay. Brothers gimmick. I hate the way they've been booked. And I just can't wait for this to end. And I have a feeling it's not going to end anytime soon. Yeah, they're kind of getting them that Braun Strowman push. But could you imagine if Braun was dressed like that? <laughs> you know, with a, a mallet. And it, it just, it, it, I don't think it would have worked because it would have been too comical. And I think if the comedy, the comic element, uh, the goofiness of this gimmick it just it, is going to prevent it from getting to where uh, they're booking it to be. The gimmick sucks. <laughs> if I was 10, I would think it was really cool. Maybe. The masks know. and stuff. The look. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when I was 10, I didn't think the ding-dongs were cool in WCW. Mm. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, do we lose Justin? Justin there? He, he, he's coming right back. He's, oh, gotcha, he's, gotcha. Uh, 
Um, so yeah, that was the I, only... I missed it. Who's, oh. uh, whose gimmick do you think sucks? Bludgeon yeah, Brothers. Brothers. Oh, it's the outfits, man. It's yes. terrible. <laughs> yeah, and the mallets. Oh, I don't know which is worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's really bad. Someone's saying Luke Harbour needs to shout, it's hammer time. That would be a hundred times better if they made it, <laughs> if they gave them some charm. But that's the problem. It's, it's like they clearly don't have confidence in these guys talking. Like, this is the gimmick you give somebody. You're like, we can't put them on the mic. They can't but cut I a feel, promo. Glenn, I feel like they shouldn't talk. But the problem with that is they look, and, I, and I'm up. So we had, I had the call with Luke Harbour before. His, I don't know if you guys saw his movie. It's actually yeah. pretty good. I heard he was very good in it. Yeah, he had some depth to his role. The guy can talk. I understand why they don't want them to talk because it's, you know, it's these ominous, scary characters. Well, then make them scary, right? Like, don't don't make them. Why are they matching? Oh, it's so fun. And I, it's sometimes I'm glad to be able to talk with you guys about this. And I've got a few friends who I can, you know, discuss this with and colleagues. But I feel like sometimes it's me. Maybe it's maybe I can't enjoy this. Maybe it's the, <laughs> what I if I was 10, would I enjoy it? I like the natural disasters. They were matching outfits, but it's a different era, man. They and they, so and they didn't dress up like a typhoon and, or, you know, like try to like, you know what I mean? Like it wasn't over the top. Right. They had their they wrestling just, gear. Yeah. Yeah. They, like they could sorry. probably use like a Jekyll type manager, some, some mm. kind of voice. Cause they are good. I mean, maybe the problem is he's got his own stuff going on. But like Bray would have been a great voice for them. That's not an insult. Not every. I mean, Brock Lesnar doesn't need Paul Heyman, but he's better with him. He'd still be good without. He'd yeah. still talk, but he's better. They're better together. Those guys are better with Bray. And Bray, Bray is so strange that he is the world's only cult leader without a cult. I don't understand it. Mm. Like you need a, if you're going to be a cult leader. But uh, man, yeah, they, they, in the, the point was Luke Harper interview. He said, you know, I don't care if people are critical of what we wear. But it's a legitimate concern. Like they're, we're critical of it because we want this to work. We want this to succeed, and the, the gimmick's hurting them. Yeah, that's yeah. what that's what I was saying when you had dropped off there for a minute. But I was saying, this isn't going to live up to the level of their push because of that. Like, mm. uh, you Absolutely. know, they're pushing him like Braun Strowman. How they pushed Braun Strowman, uh, you know, a year ago as this killer. But if Braun Strowman came dressed like a wizard with a, a wand, <laughs> you know, hurt. like it wouldn't yeah. have worked. Ah, uh, Harper can, I mean, that's the thing. I, I've watched some of the clips from the movie. Harper can act in pro in interviews. He's good. Um, I think if you let him and Rowan have personality, yeah. If one of them yelled out, it's hammer time. Like, no, I'd be like, I, was I, I, no, I, I don't I, think I, they I, should do that. I, I would turn on this yeah. in a second. If it looks like they were having fun out there. At least. Yeah. I think I, I'd, I'd like to see Harper be more bruiser Brody ish or, you know, just something. Okay. I think Harper could be a face. I think he's got that gentle giant quality, those soulful eyes. I mean, I think Harper could really connect with the audience uh, by being more sincere. But what I'm saying is there's the Bludgeon Brothers just have no personality yeah. um, because they're, they're not allowed to, and it's hurting them. Yeah. Why should we care about them? I think that's, a, that's yeah. the, what, and who are they? Uh, they're, they're tough guys. They dress ridiculously. They carry these, wack- maybe that's again for an eight year old to get scared of. And that's the tricky thing, right? Your your audiences are so diverse age-wise from 8 to, you know, 58. The guys in their 60s, 70s. But, man, it is just – again, I ask myself, where do you go from here? They're really limiting those two, two, two guys in the, in, the, in the roles they're playing right now. Yeah, and Glenn, soulful eyes. It's a thing. <laughs> 
He does. He has something about him where yeah. there's there there is like a quiet mystery about him. Um, there was that one story that was making the rounds a while ago. I guess some guy had a piece of Luke Harper merch on at a house show, and Luke Harper like stopped on on the way back to the ring and gave him like a very sincere thank you. You know, and talked about how much it meant to him and whatnot. And it really just connected with the yeah. audience. I'm telling you, Did there's you something there. Soulful eyes. Soulful eyes. Yeah, there's something about him that there's just a certain depth and quality to. I'll him. look. I'll look the next time he's on television. You know, you know what this gets. Also, I mean, and we we should get moving on. We're running late today. Um, but it what this seemed like is Vince McMahon saw an episode of Game of Thrones on the plane, and was like, "This is what we need." <laughs> you know. And Vince doesn't watch is, stuff that's I, not WWE. On the plane, or, probably. <laughs> or he saw a clip of it, but I, I think Glenn's right. It's funny. I don't know what you do with, with Rowan, but, man, Harper could be a babyface. Harper yeah. could be a gentle giant. Harper can – he works like an underdog, which is, yeah. a, which is a hard thing to do for a guy with that much size and that much talent. Yeah. yeah. He, with Rowan, so it'd be death. Remember when they had him drinking wine and listening to classical music for, for like, a few weeks? That was his gimmick. Yeah. So. It never happened, right? If it, if it's not going on right now, it never happened. Right. Yeah, seriously. Um so yeah. Oh man. I just uh, their run has to has to end. It's not gonna end for a while. I could easily see the bar losing to them. Um I don't know who who breaks their uh reign as champions. Um after that, Sinkara versus Samoa Joe last night. This was a a pleasant surprise, I thought. Like, uh, did not see that coming because you know uh, Joe and Roman was the program for a little bit. I mean, that's been that's advertised for all the Raw house shows over the next month and a half. Um, so I was surprised. I think it, it does Joe a lot of good. He's a a, a big fish on SmackDown. Um, so many ways they could go. Again, they could have him win the Intercontinental Title. It gives him something for a little bit before he's put in the World Title picture. They could have Miz win the Intercontinental Title. Um, or they don't do the switches at all and keep it on Seth or, or who, who's the fourth guy in that match again? Um, Finn. Finn. Yeah. <laughs> Speaks to Finn's role in the company now, Raj. Right, yeah. Who's that fourth guy? Right. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. But it's, but it's interesting how we criticize the Brian, like they're rushing Brian, they're rushing me. Now, granted, Joe was just one night, but it was nice to see that he came in He's, he won a match in a squash that clearly should have been a squash. They did it right. He has no set direction in terms of like he didn't. He, I'm glad it wasn't Joe who somebody reached out last night and said, oh, should that have been Joe instead of, uh, you know, attacking Brian at the end of the show instead of Big Cass? I don't think so. I think Brian has to win that feud. Um, I'm glad it wasn't Joe. Let Joe run through the roster, the guys he can. Yeah. Work with Randy, work with Randy Orton. I almost wish they broke up the bar and he could work with Cesaro and mm. Sheamus and beat both of them. Uh, but I think this, I, I hope we see a, a slow build with a slow burn, you know, leading to a big, you know, this big push for Joe. He's just, man, is he, there's nobody like him on the mic. He's so dynamic on the microphone. Yeah, he was great here. And then, and, and that is an excellent point that people forget a lot is when these people are brought up and they're like, oh, put him in a feud with this top guy. Well, it's like, well, someone's got to lose that feud. You, yeah. you don't want to be beating guys uh, as soon as they come in, as, you know, Shel- like Shelton it, Benjamin. You right. Know, same thing. Yeah. Well, even I, big cast with Daniel Bryan, yeah. and you kind of see Vince. You know, I could almost see Vince having big cast with that feud. Could win a big, yeah. big cast absolutely when he is more of a priority to that to Vince, I think, than Daniel Bryan is. Yeah, he'll have to yeah. fail first before they push him down. It's not like they'll go by the crowd reactions to see which way they should go. Um, 
so uh, we'll see. I, I hope that's not the case, but I could totally see that. And I wonder, too, I debated last night. It makes sense, and especially with Vince and big guys. But should they have started Cass as a babyface again? I don't know. Could he have turned on Brian? Are we seeing too much turning as it is? Uh, I know we'll get to Nakamura, and the, the, the low blows are already maddening to me. It's like that's <laughs> all we can come up with for this guy. But I don't know. I'm curious. And, again, like say Cass, they run with him here. It doesn't work against Brian because Brian's far more popular and such a better worker. Brian will make him look good, I'm sure. But does that do more bad than, harm than good to Cass? Where does he go next? I don't know. It's going to be a hard one from him to, for him to recover from. Yeah, I mean, they were pushing him hard before he got injured. You know, yeah. they had him kill the big show at SummerSlam. They don't have many guys do that. Um, you know, the other guys recently uh, was Braun Strowman. So yeah. uh, it's clear that Vince sees a lot in him. So, um, yeah, I, I just uh, – I, I, we'll, we'll see where they go after that, but – I could see big. I could see this being a long program where Big Cass wins the first couple at the first couple pay per views before Daniel Bryan finally gets his win, if they even decide to go in that direction. I agree. I think, I think it'll definitely start with just like last night, and Bryan plays the underdog well. He'll make Cass look good. So I don't mind how it starts. I just think it's all about how it finishes. Yeah. 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 Uh, we had a celebration last night for Carmella, the women's champion. Came out, cut a promo. Uh Interesting. She showed a highlight reel, completely edited James Ellsworth out of her journey. And then it was Charlotte who made the Ellsworth reference um, is that it was the only reason why she was there was because uh, that chinless freak uh, was the only reason she had the briefcase uh, interrupted by the Iconics, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay. And of course that turned into a beatdown. Becky Lynch came out to make the save setting up a match for Charlotte Flair versus Billy Kay. Um, Charlotte versus Carmella has been advertised for SmackDown house shows. So I, you guys thinking backlash is where the rematch is going to happen for this? Probably. Yeah. I don't think the title is going to change that quickly, but they might. Yeah. They might, they might do it. Yeah. They might do a DQ or, uh, yeah. I, again, I think, um, well, well, we'll get to that. Billy Kay, I think beating her on her first match on SmackDown is just not the way to go. And I think I would have been frustrated had we seen all all DQs last night or schoolboy roll-ups or something mm. like that. But I, I also don't like when, I mean, Billy Kay was the Shelton Benjamin of that match. Why do I care about her anymore? And it's funny, too. You look at, like, the Riot Squad and uh, what Paige's group did on I mean, they're afterthoughts now. It's funny how within two months, you have two months to really prove yourself to this fan base, to that front office. And if you don't do it by then, the, the roster, it's great we have so much talent on the roster. It's too crowded, so it's not good for you to falter. There's no space for you to falter. And once hmm. you take a step back, it's really hard to take a step forward. Yeah, well, moment, then, yeah momentum, is a hell of, uh, momentum is a hell of a, th- hell of a thing. If you don't capitalize it, uh, if you just kill it right off the bat, it's hard to get it back. Yeah, you might not. Yeah. And then Asuka came in at the end. She's now part of the SmackDown roster. Um, that's going to be the challenge. I mean, just are they going to be able to keep up with enough women's segments? It's was rare, although it was happening a little more in the build of Mania, that SmackDown was getting two women's segments per week. SmackDown, uh, for a large time, was the home of the six-woman, three-on-three tag match. Get all the women in one segment. They've got, what, eight or nine women on the roster now? Maybe it's ten at this point. I think they've got to do something to, to service um, them better. And service the fans of the women better on SmackDown. Raw is going to have an easier time with three hours. 
and Ronda. Yeah. I mean, it'll, it'll probably be the, the two segments, which, you know, when you got 10 women on the roster, uh, anything more than that, you're, you're just going to have multi-person matches. And, They're yeah. still going to have multi-person matches. It's going to be yeah, an basically. Oscar or Charlotte match. And then it's going to be tag well, matches. Well, it's probably going to be Oscar. No, they're not going to do Oscar and Charlotte anytime soon. No, no, Oscar or Charlotte. Oh, gotcha. It'll be one segment. Yeah. And the other segment will be let's get all the rest of the women. Charlotte and Becky and Naomi against yeah. Absolution and or Iconics. <clears throat> I do feel like Becky is, and not even close, not even a close fourth, is the close is is the distant fourth out of Charlotte, Oscar, and Naomi. So it's probably not hmm. a great spot for her. A change to Raw probably would have been good for Becky Lynch. The, the crazy thing, though, is I thought that it was perfect timing for a face-first-face feud with Charlotte and Lynch. Clearly, we're not going to see that because there's no title at stake. Um, maybe a move to Raw and she could have worked with Banks and with Bailey would have been good for her. I don't know. But she is by far that distant fourth baby face. That's not a good place to be. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. And we did not see... Uh... We did not see a move last night of Bailey or Sasha. So good. So hopefully they can actually have a feud and not. Can I vent? Can I vent for a second? Absolutely. Sure. How, how do you not have those seven hours, Glenn? Seven hours, Raj, at WrestleMania. You can't find time for those two to have a one on one match? Mind boggling. I don't know how that. <laughs> how is that possible? Like, I want. Like, people want to see that match. Like, that's not a match that you can't find 12 minutes for Sasha Banks and Bailey. They're so good. I, I just thought that was, if you're going to have a seven-hour mania, which I, I'm opposed to, at least put singles matches on that we want to see. That would have been such a good mania match. Man, is it frustrating that we didn't get to see that. You don't even get to was, see it on Raw. Yeah. I honestly think I, I, it sucks for all the other women, but um, I would have rather seen that one-on-one than the, the Battle Royal. A hundred percent. Yep. A hundred percent. The Battle Royal, yeah. It just gets people on the card, but it does. It means nothing. It's just getting faces on the card. The more people you get on the card, the less it means. Yeah, exactly. The less it means every time. So I, I agree. That singles. We didn't have enough singles bouts at Mania this year, which is funny that we had a seven-hour card. So like, yeah. you should have had a lot of, should have had a, everything. But I that's wish the, that that's the trend. That's been the yeah. trend. Is more and more multi-person matches, and now that all the the shows are going to be co-branded. All these. All these U.S. title matches and intercontinental title matches will be triple threats or four ways and five ways. Oh I'm yeah, over, I'm overanalyzing, and I I just think it's funny that Nakamura. You know, you're supposed to you're supposed to hate this guy, low blows. <laughs> uh, but there he is singing about a dual branded show. Even like I thought I was I, I was I thought I was going <laughs> to the Bludgeon Brothers in that commercial. I would have I would have flipped. But Eric Rowan was in it, bopping along with Bailey. I, yeah, I, 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 was he? Yeah, uh, as someone who spent way too much time Monday night after our podcast going through making animated gifs of uh, the pro of that music video, which is the stupidest thing that the WWE has done in a while, but I absolutely love it. Um, yes, Eric Rowan is in there with his mask like on his mallet, bopping his head while Bailey's in the background during one scene. Because there's a way to, yeah, I, I, I cannot stand that promo. Because you you know you had that WWE 2K commercial with Snoop Dogg, where they mouse. Oh, that was awesome, parts, and that was awesome. Yeah, this just comes across as. Uh, please I think don't it's let time. my friends watch it. You know, see <laughs> that I'm watching this. It's time, folks, for the wrestling album three. It's been thirty years. Let's but they really sang on that. 
I know that's what I'm saying. Let's, <laughs> I, and, you know, I have a feeling that they had an idea like it'll be cool. We'll get them all to sing, and then they heard it, and they were like, "No, we're not doing that. Let's have them lip sync." <laughs> and I love uh, what's that one that I love? Uh, if you only knew, and uh, what I'm going to do? Yeah, like, they all is that pile drop album? They all sing on that. I mean, it's it's so bad, it's good. I've listened to that, you know, five hundred times. But um, yeah, what I wish I, they'd I, sang in that. I wish they hadn't done it. But. I still know all the lyrics to that song. Well, Brandon shows. Well, isn't it weird uh, though? Yeah, after the uh, shakeup, after the shakeup, man, wouldn't I love to see this SmackDown roster only on a pay per view? You know, Raj, can I throw a lyric at you? See if you can finish it. Sure. <laughs> Talk is cheap when you can't keep your promise of destruction. You wow. you will see I because of me. Be- you'll need reconstruction. <laughs> <laughs> man, but I, I, I told you, I'm not making this up. <laughs> I wish we could. I wish like uh, at night. Sometimes I I think to myself, man, I wish like I could I could have we could have this kind of like d- debate or discussion about something relevant in the world. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> something that could impact society in a positive manner. But right, <laughs> instead of reciting pile driver lyrics, this is how bad it is. I know all the words to that hillbilly Jim song. Wow. <laughs> The uh, waking up alone. Yeah. <laughs> but, it gets uh, bad when you're singing along to Nikolai Volkov uh, singing Karamia. Karamia. Really problems. Yeah. And that was from Wrestling Album 1, my friend. Jeez, amazing. I mean, I'm jumping. Oh, man. Uh, yep. The time is right, WWE. Do I'll a third say this one. Much, real quick. Jimmy Hart's Eat Your Heart Out, Rick Springfield. Like, I think that's – I go to my deathbed saying that's a good song, though. That's a legitimately – I like that song. Jimmy Hart's a musician anyways. I enjoyed that one. I'm going to no. stick with that. Yeah, De- Demolition was badass. You know, yeah. I mean, it's their theme, but that yeah, there were some real, like, good gems on there. Yeah, on, on both of them. Hey, Justin, here's a question. You might know the answer to this, or you could certainly ask someone, Raj, maybe you as well. Of the current theme songs that are there, what talent actually sings or raps on their own theme? I mean, we know Naomi does. We know the Usos do. Mm-hmm. Um, Enzo, know, did. Enzo did. Enzo did. Uh, I'm just curious if anyone else actually has, aside from, you know, a little vocal tag at the beginning, if anyone else actually is performing their theme currently. Seems like they moved away from that, and I'm not totally opposed to that, but, I mean, I just did the piece with Jim Johnston, and and Jim had, you know, so many of Jim's songs, you you could tell it was a Jim Johnston song, and a Jimmy Hart, you could, I mean, you could tell it was a Jimmy Hart right off the bat, because, like, I mean, the All-American with the Rougeau song or the Mounties or you just knew a Jimmy Hart when you heard it because it had the wrestler singing. So I think they've obviously moved away from that. And I know that that uh, Jim wasn't totally enamored with the way they do things now. But um, you know, his instrumentally tried to tell a story in it. I like personally, I like when the rest, it's corny, it's cheesy, but I like when the wrestlers sing their songs. Obviously, obviously I wouldn't want Kevin Owens to do it or guys like that who are these you know, ass kickers. But no, but there's a place for it in pro wrestling for sure. Yeah. So I'd love to see that return a little bit. Yeah, obviously, obviously seen in truth. Um, yeah. But some people, it's Braun technically. Yeah. <laughs> Ring it up. Uh, someone saying Sasha sings her own song. Is that true? Does she? No. They had a girl out uh, singing it at Mania with Snoop. No, no. It was just Snoop. No, right? no. They had a woman. Go back and watch that. There is a woman alongside that was singing it live there okay i, I mean that's my recollection yeah, I, I wouldn't guess sasha but um i thought for a while uh carmella did uh the opening to her song she does yeah okay she does so the there's opening. that um the new, speak- the new day sort of they're not singing one thing yeah. i will say about theme songs with lyrics um i never knew this until recently maybe maybe i was the one left out in the cold but the heart foundation that bret hart theme actually opened with it had 
it's a song with lyrics and they didn't like the lyrics and they dropped it. But uh, I think it's called like Trouble in the Streets. But huh. it, uh, that song actually has is, is complete with lyrics. That's a Jimmy Hart song. But um, I, you wonder how that would have taken off with, you know, it's always funny to think whether they're better off just the, the just the just the, the music or are you better off with the, with the lyrics, too. I don't know. Mm-hmm. So this is interesting controversy. People arguing arguing over uh, the Sasha Banks. Someone saying Sasha says that she's sang her own song during ride along. So we'll have to go back and and see. <laughs> yeah, but I remember, I remember there job. was a woman singing it live with him in Mani. I'm gonna go back and watch this. Um, I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, speaking of Jim Johnston and themes, I don't know if you saw uh, Tyrus walked away from Impact yeah, last night again. Time is right for the Funkasaurus, folks, to return to the WWE. Yeah, well. <laughs> if you yeah. no way, Jose. I liked his gimmick, but uh, we'll see. Yeah, but yeah, he's, he's gone from Impact Wrestling again. Yeah. I think that ship has sailed for WWE. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, so after that, Asuka came out. She's joining the roster, and then we saw Gallows and Anderson coming to Raw. Yeah. So they're back with uh, AJ Styles. Yeah, I heard before the show, I had heard, I was only told of four guys, and it was Gallus and Anderson and then Cesaro and Sheamus. And I had tweeted it, but uh, didn't post it on the website. But um, yeah, I think uh, it kind of made sense. Uh, uh, I, don't, I don't know if they're going to have much more of a role on SmackDown than they are on Raw, honestly. And yeah. clearly, clearly, there's cold feet with the club. Because it looked yeah. like, you know, come January, they wanted to run those three guys together. Uh, you know, Bal- Balor, Gallows, Anderson. But, I mean, it's too bad both times uh, the draft, the draft's been, a, it hasn't been good to Gallows and Anderson. They broke him up with AJ when there was finally, uh, you know, some momentum there. And now they took him away from Balor when I think people wanted to see a little bit more. So, yeah, I, I think, unfortunately... I was impressed how they were introduced last night as a decorated tag team, internationally decorated tag team. But I think, unfortunately, they're an afterthought. Yeah, and I think you've done enough damage to them that you can say they're an internationally decorated tag team. But when you have them with pumpkins on their heads every Halloween and, and uh, you know, just being treated like nothing, it's hard to change people's minds. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Sorry, I'm posting in the chat a link to the Sasha's Mania entrance. I'm trying to. <laughs> uh, there is a woman singing with them. Uh, she's not credited by name, but uh, there is a woman that comes out with Snoop. Was and it Sasha. Skylar Gray? Someone saying was singing Skylar Gray. Was, uh, I don't know. Anyway, yeah. Um, I love <laughs> I love the heated debates about <laughs> these these like minutia of wrestling. It shows just how great this all is. Um, so, Raj, you had that info last night. Uh, I think, God, Justin, I mean, I know it's probably not something we want to shine more of a light on, but does the WWE have a leak problem right now with how much stuff has been getting out lately about, you know, I mean, scripts, uh, cards before shows, obviously in the shakeup, people knew ahead of time a lot of this stuff. It seems more than usual. Yeah, I think the two, you know, the media is changing with pro wrestling, but no, I don't think, I mean, but what has gotten out that, and how much of it's a control leak? Do you got to ask yourself? Um, yeah. But I don't think that anything's out there that they desperately don't want people to know. Um, you know, they still swerved us at Mania with Brock and Roman. So I think that, yeah. that they know that they're, they're calling the shots for sure. 
Yeah. And, and, you know, posting lineups and things like that is not really a big deal. Um, you know, and again, you know, Gallus and Anderson moving over is not really a huge, <laughs> huge story. Uh, you know, uh, Seamus and Cesaro is a little bit more just because kind of gives away their, their next feud. Um, but, uh, yeah, they, it's not, uh, I don't know with leaks. It, I think it used to be way worse back in the day. I don't think it's near as bad now as it used to be. Uh, and I did check Raj after we talked about it Monday, Liv Morgan, that Instagram post yep. was someone sent me the screenshot. It was just straight up the paper. It wasn't a paper in the background. Yeah. So yeah, I couldn't get, uh, some, someone had sent, sent to me that it was, uh, it was in the background, but you're right. It was just, uh, it was just the lineup. Yeah. Kind of weird. Yeah. But, uh, she's on, uh, raw now. So it looks like, uh, d- did not hamper her standing within the company. Um, so after the Gals and Anderson video, we saw that our truth in a backstage segment with the New Day. Uh, yeah, Ty Dillinger. Don't need any more time on that. <laughs> the perfect truth, man. It'll do wonders for both these guys' careers. Pair them up. Uh, yeah. It's hey. something. It'll get Ty on TV. Yeah. Uh, Whisker for Obscenity is coming up, but not with Nikki Cross. So of we'll Eric Young, Killian Dane, and Alexander Wolf, and they can always bring Nikki Cross later. Uh, so that must mean they have some plans for her. I could see this being good for Nikki because, you know, Carmella. I know a lot of people were upset that she wasn't brought up with uh, Enzo and Cass, but they clearly had other plans <laughs> for her. And, and and you see where she's at. So she actually posted uh, today, right uh, when we went on on Twitter, like uh, a note talking about that how she was devastated two years ago when she didn't get the call up. Um, but look at all the great things that have happened to her since. I think with Nikki, so much potential, especially right now um, in NXT with the state of the women's division. So Yeah, I mean, who they got for Shayna Baszler right now. So she could, you know, that's someone that could easily be put in that role. Yeah. Um, I'm very happy for Eric Young, too. I think that's a, yeah. a really nice moment. To ha- I mean, obviously, he can't cut that kind of promo on SmackDown next week. But, man, there's a guy who's, who's paid his dues, and um, I'm happy for them. So, yeah, I'm sure, and you know, someone mentioned in the chat that the New Day Insanity seems like an obvious uh, first first program. I don't know, man. How are Sanity going to handle all those pancakes being thrown at them? What's Sanity's stance on pancakes? Are they waffle people? <laughs> I Who hope knows? we never find out. Yeah. <laughs> Let's keep that a mystery. <laughs> if they did it to Gable and Benjamin, no one is safe. Uh, so after that, we saw Zelina Vega and Andrade Cien Almas are coming up. So uh, Selena obviously has Andrade's manager, but she also wrestles. So there's potential there for her in the women's division. But I think Andrade, that's, you know, a lot of people thought that was going to happen. I think it's a good move. I wouldn't see that anytime soon. Usually when someone's yeah. managing, they don't do the dual duty with the, the wrestling and the managing. Um, and then... When you break them up, you see with like Lana, uh, you know, it, I don't know if that was necessarily the best thing. But um, and Zelina Vega, I think, has just got so much charisma. And Andrade is great. I love that act. I was so glad that because, you, you know, you see how WWE will sometimes like to change things around. And uh, I'm glad they didn't break that act up or trying to change it in any way. They they I think they're great together. I think he, he could be a he could be a big star. I'll be the devil's advocate here. And I I was. I'm happy that he's on cement. They're, they're, they're keeping them together, but I would have given him more time. I just feel like there is a point that you can have too much talent. I think SmackDown's too loaded right now. I worry mm. that I just, where's he going to fit? Where are they going to fit? And Hey, Hey, 
that's up to them, right? Maybe they can make it work. But I almost wish he had three NXT title reigns and he kept going and he was this guy you couldn't wait to see because I feel like it's a very small sample size. But the Royal Rumble, he, you know, he came in, he got this big pop. Ten minutes later, he forgot he was in the match. So I, I almost feel like it would have done him bet, better to wait and wait and wait until we, we couldn't wait to see him anymore. But I'm excited to see what he can do. I, I hope it works. He's one of those guys that in two months, I really hope that we haven't, and I say we, not us, but I hope that like the front office hasn't for creative hasn't kind of moved on from him. Yeah. And, and there are a lot of, the heel side really got loaded up here. Because now uh, you got Nakamura, Samoa Joe, Big Cass, Big Cass. now Andrade, um, sanity somewhere, I guess in the tag division. Um, I mean, that's, uh, and the, and the Miz, I mean, that's, uh, Shelton Benjamin's thrown somewhere in there. So it's, it's just a tough place to be thrown in the mix. Yeah. yeah. But I think, I still think it's better than raw. I think raw is even, uh, raw is kind of light on the heel side, actually. Um, and they don't need more when they got Baron Corbin. I mean, come on. <laughs> yeah, right. But, but he'll probably get a push, uh, gender, you yeah. know, is, is gender. Um, yeah, I don't know. Gender is gender. Well, I, I mean, he's, going, he's, yeah. he's getting better, but he's not he's not there. He's not at the top level. Um, it would appear the next gender feud would be No, no Way Jose. Ugh, <laughs> that's so. death for gender. <clears throat> I, yes. did, I thought that, it would, that that segment would have made sense on Monday had No Way Jose came to the ring next. They didn't even come to the ring. So yeah, no he's way, just... I, the music follows him around. It makes no sense. Again, if we were 10, I bet we'd be like, oh, that, that's so cool. It makes sense. At A couple decades later, it, it's not as much fun. Yeah. Oh, man. Then the main event last night, AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan against Rusev and Aiden English. Uh, this match started with about 20 minutes, 15 minutes left in the show. And uh, had an interruption by Shinsuke Nakamura appearing out of nowhere, hitting AJ with a low blow. And then Big Cass came in and floored Brian with the big boot for disqualification. Um, afterwards, we got Nakamura talking to Renee Young and uh, dropped the uh, doesn't speak English line again. Heal Nakamura, man. They're they're all in on this. It's, it's people in the chat are bringing up that it was Road Dog. China did that with Road Dog. Um, I guess low blowed Road Dog, and he had the steel the steel mm. thing. It seems like that's what they're building to, right? The fact that they keep doing the spot over and over, that, that, that'll that probably be the payoff, is the, the Steel Cup. And I'm not knocking, the and their writing team is very, very good. I would never want to do it. I think they're talented. I just think there's a better way to present Shinsuke Nakamura as this dominant heel than low blows. Yeah. I think it's frustrating. The writing team. It's Vince McMahon overriding the writing, the writing team, I think, that is the issue. And he could do the low blows, but not every single time to where it gets ridiculous. It was know? a good it mania. It was perfect. It was yeah. perfect at mania. Like it, it, it accentuated the point. Uh, he hit the Kinshasa outside the ring, but now it's like let's 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 move forward in this character. What else can he do now? Maybe it's a kick to the head, which I guess Orton did for a long time. But do something different. Do yeah. something where I don't know. It, it it's on the cusp of comedy at this point, which it yeah. shouldn't be. Yeah. I got his, uh, someone's bringing up the facial expressions that he does now look kind of, you know, creepy, which is kind of cool for, for a heel. Yeah. I mean, we'll see if this works for Nakamura. I mean, look, I think the no speak English thing, like that's, that was so 
just wonderful and savage last week, but they're just going to, we talked about, it. I mean, the potential is they're going to caricature it into something that maybe isn't as cool. Yeah, six weeks from now, I feel like we're, st- Glenn, we're still hearing it. I agree. Yeah. 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 They start making t-shirts. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it's like, oh, uh, that's going to be the one. I, like, what What would you rather wear out in public to a non-wrestling event? A shirt that says no speak English or a bullet club shirt. It's like either one, you're just inviting conversations you don't want to have. Um, no way Jose Conga line shirt. I want to be yeah. asked about that out at dinner some night. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> or like, you know, thank God with the Naya shirts, they no longer have the men. Now it's like, I'm just, I'm not like most. Like, I love the, the men's style. I'm not like most girls' shirts uh, for a couple months there. Um, really, most all wrestling merch. You should, you just, you wear it to a wrestling event in the gym. And no, I, uh, really selective the rest of the time. WrestleCon was last year. I remember I the Shane Douglas shirts. It was kind of a cool shirt. And I, you know, I liked ECW. I, I, I enjoy, always enjoyed Shane Douglas. Like he's an ECW legend. And I remember his shirt was kind of cool on the front. And uh, the back had like three F-bombs. It's like, ah, I really can't wear that anywhere. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, but wrestling, yeah. I have to have a whole discussion about wrestling shirts someday. Yeah, Bourbon Street for WrestleMania, there were a lot of shirts I, I didn't think people actually bought. That... Uh... <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh, you see some of the stuff on clearance sometimes it's just like what what were they thinking um you know shirt i see at the gym a lot huh is the uh the macho the old school i mean uh, i i wear yeah. my macho man shirt sometimes but I, i'll see that a lot at the gym i see dean ambrose uh the the da a lot in public really like that's the I one that of the modern ones you never want to get insulted but yeah. um, the fact that the Andre documentary, that no baby oil macho man story, I think it makes Randy look even better, not worse. So yeah. It's funny that, uh, yeah. That story made no sense to me because Hogan was bathed in baby oil. Like, <laughs> like why does it bother? Why would it bother well, I, him that macho think, man had it, but not Hogan? I don't think they ever really discussed this, but how much did Andre like Hogan? You know, for a guy that constantly wanted to bust his chops. And I think he had to work with Hulk, right? Because Hulk was the guy. But they kind of glossed over the fact that, hey, did, was Andre the big biggest fan of, of Hulk? We never got an answer. Yeah, Hogan always made it sound like they were close. Um, True. But, yeah, if they were that close, he should have known the ending to WrestleMania three. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Um, John Davis in the chat is asking, do you think they're keeping Nakamura off TV matches so they can change his entrance at all? Hmm. I can almost see kind of a dark Nakamura theme. I don't think they changed the music. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Um, I, I'm curious what the big the big plan is with him. Um, man, so that's how it ended last night. Big cast standing over Daniel Bryan in the middle of the ring. What a return. Uh, people on Twitter, oh, it must be so awkward. Big cast and Carmella being on the same the same roster the same show now i'll keep thinking it's probably not as awkward as it is for the guy at home that's hearing about this right now um or matt hardy working with edge after the whole thing happened with lita i mean yeah you gotta do awkward moments not kind of crazy um so superstar shakeup justin what are your what are your big thoughts on how this has worked out do you think we see any further moves Oh, Justin froze. I, th- I thought he was deep in thought. Okay. <laughs> He's really going to hit us with something here. Yeah. Um, Raj, what do you think? Uh, think Any was... little tweaks or adjustments? I think that was kind of the end of it. I, again, I could see at the Greatest Royal Rumble maybe switching the U.S. and Intercontinental titles, uh, having them switch uh, su- switch brands. But um, 
or backlash too, right? They got mm-hmm. Randy Orton challenging for the U.S. title, right? Yeah. Unless that, unless they changed that, they didn't really mention that tonight. Um, and then the Intercontinental title match, did they announce that for backlash yet? I don't think so. It's confusing with the two shows. Yeah. They no, announced AJ AJ versus Shinsuke will be at the Greatest Royal Rumble. Uh, so that's coming up next Friday. Yeah. Um, Shinsuke can hit him in the balls again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, they showed the stadium. I mean, it's looking, I mean, it's looking massive. The, the stage, the set, 60,000 plus only families in the, you know, the first, uh, all the major sections. Uh, really weird. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So are they, is that going to be a full sellout? Or are they, uh, I know off. the cheap seats are sold out, the upper deck where yeah. the guys, if you want to go alone or without a woman, I guess, you can only get upper section seats. Um, so. I It's funny, and it's the government that's doing that's doing this. WWE isn't mandating this or selling the tickets. Oh, some have a conspiracy theory, oh, because families love Roman. That's why we need families ringside for when Roman Reigns wins. Um but yeah, well, I mean, I'm seeing more and more a lot of Saudi men, um, single Saudi men, are been tweeting at us, posting online their frustration over this. I mean, could you imagine if they tried something like this in the U.S.? Like that would go over horribly. Well, they do that in Japan, New Japan. They they have a section that's only for like uh, overseas fans. You know? Yeah. Not just for men. It's not gender specific, but uh, it's not necessarily on Prince. It's weird. I don't know. Yeah, Natalie's pointing out on uh, the chat that you could just act like you're with someone and go to the show. I, I don't think their culture is as simple there. Because that was my first thought. I was like, what? This is like the makings of a great romantic comedy. I hired a family with a single mom <laughs> with children to attend a wrestling event. And then, bam, we somehow fell in love. Like, it just writes itself, folks. Yeah, yeah it would be something. Yeah. Um, oh, man. Yeah. So, Greatest Royal Rumble, week from Friday. Yeah. Um, see, Justin is texting me. Uh, Uh, Mike Robolata, super fan of the Wrestling Inc. podcast, always in the chat saying, oh, I wonder if the fan in the neon shirt's going to be there. (laughs) Like, does Brock Lesnar guy have his (laughs) tickets for Saudi Arabia? (laughs) Yeah, people are asking what you get for winning. As of right now, it's a trophy. Really? Yeah, you didn't see the picture of the trophy. It's on Wrestling Inc., but... Uh, I don't, I don't know if they'll add more to it. Um, we'll see. We'll see if they announce something on Monday. Oh man. I hope so. It's just kind of a waste otherwise. Yeah. That's one of the reasons why no one cares. Like the Andre battle Royal, you can make people care about it. If you had some sort of stip for the winner, but yeah. Um, and those trophies are just so cheap looking that they did at mania. Yeah. Um, so what's the latest on the WWE TV deal? So Fox, it looks like uh, Fox and uh, and ESPN will be getting UFC TV rights. Fox will be mm. paying like two hundred million uh, for UFC. They were looking for four hundred total, and now with this deal, they'll be getting close to that three to four hundred million total. Uh, Fox will be putting about two hundred. Uh, ESPN, it, it, it seems like most of their shows will be on their ESPN Plus service. Hmm. So. How this affects WWE is now Fox is not necessarily as desperate to get WWE. They, they're going to have uh, the UFC deal again. They won't have as many shows as they did on the previous deal if it goes through. Um, 
but um, it, it, you know, I, I, I could st- still see them wanting it. I mean, they made it clear in the past that they, they want both. So uh, we'll see, but they, they're not going to, WWE is not, I doubt they'll get an insane offer from Fox. Um, so that, that's how that affects it. If USA comes in with a better offer, uh, I can see things just being in the status quo. I can't see them jump into Fox uh, with a much lower offer. Yeah, and that would really uh, screw up SmackDown if SmackDown was on cable and Raw was on TV. The way they rebalance the roster. Yeah, they'd probably move, you know, because, again, this TV deal wouldn't take place until next year. That's true. Uh, but, they'd, uh, but, yeah, they'd, I'm sure they'd move a lot of talents to to Raw because SmackDown would be on FS1 most likely. Although, I don't know, man, Fox Friday nights. You know, if they want to move SmackDown back, I could I could see them doing some sort of crazy move like that. Okay. Um, yeah, but with uh, USA, no, I think uh, we could very well see the status quo be retained. Um, so, again, as we talked about at the top of the show, Bruno San Martino passed away at the uh, age of 82. Wow. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, like I was saying at the beginning of the show, um, never seen a Bruno match live. Uh, when I started watching wrestling, he it was the tail end of his career. He was teaming with the son WWF. He had some ma- matches here and there with the macho man uh, that I saw, but uh, he's always this larger than life figure. And uh, again, I interviewed him in 2013 before he was inducted in WWE hall of fame. That's going to be on for the people uh, on the audio version of this podcast. It's going to be on right after we go off the air here. Uh, if you don't subscribe, it's going to go up on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash wrestling Inc. Um, and on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash wrestling Inc. Uh, so you could catch it there. Um, but yeah, uh, a true icon legend, a quality human being, uh, his falling out with WWF was over steroids and, and the steroid scandal. And, you know, it, he proved to be right. I mean, yeah, not him doing steroids, his issue. With- right. Yeah. Yeah. That, uh, all these guys were doing steroids. That's who WWF was pushing. And you look at the number of deaths and stuff from people in that era. Um, and, and the changes that WWF made over time, uh, you know, he, he, he was absolutely right about uh, so much of that. Um, you know, he had a great relationship with triple H. We talked about triple H one day taking over the company and Bruno talked about how, um, you know, he thinks he keeps seeing things get better and better, uh, under triple H. And, uh, he talked, he talked about his first WWF title win over Buddy Rogers and said that he actually did shoot on him. That was a big rumor that Buddy oh, Rogers wow. didn't want to lose the title. And Bruno said, yep. They didn't like each other, and he, you know, went basically held him down and won the championship. Um, so a lot of cool stuff. We we talked for That's about awesome, thirty five minutes. Definitely, so definitely download the audio version if if you haven't. Yeah, speaking of which, Triple H taking over. I had this thought the other day, Raj. So you and I, not exactly young men, both now in our early forties. Actually, did you turn forty two yet? Um. If I turn 42, geez, yeah. I'm like forgetting. Yeah, you get old enough, you have to do the math, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yes, I am. Okay, so I have as well. I, I really had this thought the other day. I'm like, will Triple H take over the company in my lifetime? Because oh. Vince McMahon, <laughs> 72 years old with science and whatnot, you know, if I make it to 80, I could absolutely see 112-year-old Vince McMahon still running the WWE and booking it on his whims. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he's I, as long as he's alive, I think he'll be involved with the company. So, um, 
Yeah. Just, uh, Justin, can you hear us? I'm back. Can you hear me? Yeah. Uh, yeah, we can hear you. I apologize. For anyone watching, this has been. I have a new phone. It's ridiculous. So I apologize. <laughs> uh, not the not the best. I like to write and hit send. So clearly, you see my limitations now. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, your thought your thoughts on Bruno? Uh, we we just talked a little bit about it. There was the and I'm sorry I missed that. I'll have to go back and listen. The last time we spoke was right after the Bruno Mars, and I'm not. I know Bruno Mars a couple songs, but I remember he did Super Bowl and was really good. So it's familiar enough with Bruno Mars, and I thought it was so interesting that he was named after Bruno San Martino. So I thought, mm-hmm. man, I've, I've got to call Bruno, right? This is a perfect chance to, you know, t- connect that to the column. And uh, Bruno talked about how they just came back. He and his wife just came back from a trip to Italy. And they visited where his mother lived. And it was interesting because Bruno, I believe, was 81 at the time of this conversation, was talking about memories of his mother, like he was a little boy again, and memories mm-hmm. of the war and how she looked out for him and made sure that he was – uh, well-fed and when they moved to Pittsburgh and he was bullied, how she loved them, you know, stuff that any lucky kid would have. And he said that really completed my life. And I thought that was odd, but you know what? A guy in his eighties, every day is a blessing. He sounded great. He talked about, cause he, he took umbrage, you know, playfully with the idea that uh, they nicknamed Bruno Mars Bruno because he was chubby. And he, you know, he said that I wasn't chubby. <laughs> uh, and he had that certain that certain uh, accent to his voice, Bruno San Martino. I think wrestling is a worse place without him. I think though, you know, the world in terms of we cover this business, you know, we love this business. We, you know, at heart, we're fans. We love watching pro wrestling. We love covering it. We love discussing it. Uh, social media, taking anything with wrestling, it's a better place with Bruno. I was just watching the Andre the Giant Clash of Champions in '92 when they had the 20 years to highlight Mid South Wrestling on TBS, and Bruno comes in. And Bruno really, not, he, he, he's knocking Vince because he said this is, he comes out of his limo and he said, this is wrestling the way it should be, the way I know wrestling. So he had that long feud with Vince. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of put a damper on my morning. I know that it's, that's funny that it's a guy that I've only spoke with five or six times, but he was so smart. He was so genuine. Um, again, yeah, it's, it's, a, um, it's a sad day for the wrestling business. Yeah. Again, uh, what we were saying before you jumped on, he was ahead of the curve as far as the uh, steroids taking over the industry and things like that. Um, It it did, you know, that did cost its toll on a lot of, a lot of wrestlers, a lot of talent. And um, yeah, it's uh, so yes, audio people stick to stay tuned and uh, that interview will be on here. My uh, from 2013, uh, two weeks after he was announced for the WWF Hall of Fame. I'm um, WWE Hall of Fame. So Last uh, of an era. Tuned. I think that's fair to say. Uh, and I, I, I like the fact that you put on that Mount Rushmore. You put Bruno on that. You can't overlook that, right? I don't care that he didn't get along with Vince for two decades and that to his, to his deathbed, he wasn't a fan of Hulk Hogan because it wasn't his style. You know what I mean? So uh, to me, that's perfectly natural and normal. But Bruno is the reason that we're here talking about pro wrestling. Bruno was special. Mm. Bruno was unique. And he is, he is, you know, one of the forefathers of this business. Yeah, it's a sad day not to have Bruno San Martino involved in the world. No, agreed. Anything else we want to cover, Raj, before we wrap things up here? Uh, man, we, we're like a half hour over, so uh, we'll just save it for Monday. Yeah, Monday night, me, Raj, Matt Morgan. After he catches up on that commissioning in a long yeah, way. Commissioning. Or, commissioning. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Man, Justin, thanks so much for joining us today. Where can people find your stuff on the web? 
there'll be no technical difficulties when you click on si.com i don't think today so i apologize <laughs> for that but you guys are always so good to me um the next time i'll make sure that the you know I'm a little more technology savvy. Uh, today, the week in wrestling, it opens with an interview with Mick Foley, and that's on SI.com. That should post between 12 and 2. Uh, Flip Gordon's in there, who I think is, I think is you know, a big piece of the future of this business. Uh, Nita Strauss talks about her WrestleMania experience playing for Naka, playing out Nakamura. Kenny McIntosh of Inside the Ropes. So it's a fun column, I think, today, and that should drop between 12 and 2. If you want to follow me on Twitter at Justin Barrasso, um, I'll have the, the link as soon as it, as soon as it posts. Guys, and thank you too. I think it's uh, this is really special what you guys do, and I'm always it's always a pleasure to be a part of it. Yeah, Justin, while I have you here, how is Please. it writing for SI.com? We're covering wrestling stuff. I know I'd mentioned before um, on an episode of the podcast with Matt that like I used to write for Sports Illustrated for kids like 15 years ago, uh, covering video games. And I remember if I did a review and mentioned a feature in the game, they had a fact checking department. That would go in there and like make sure that everything I said was accurate. Do you find that the SI editorial oversight like understands with the professional wrestling and the way stuff gets leaked and sources? Do they give you a fair amount of runway with your? Yeah, with you know, your... I was so lucky for so long to work with Andy Gray. Yeah, who was my editor and he was executive editor at SI uh, for for years. Andy actually just left to take a job outside of sports journalism, but. He was just, I mean, Andy was so well-connected in the wrestling world and so smart with his ideas. And, I mean, I think that it's it's a compliment when you say someone is a tough editor. He was a tough editor. Mm -hmm. He wanted things a certain way, and he pushed to get them that way. So, yeah, he was definitely that way. I, I work with a guy, Dan Gartland, now who's very good, and Jimmy Traney is there. So it's uh, absolutely, in, ter in terms of um, pushing to be have the best coverage we can, yeah, the, everyone's on the same page, and um you know, it's always tricky, like you said, covering mainstream, uh, the pro wrestling world. But um, we're lucky to do it, and hopefully we can bring something that nobody else is bringing. Nice, man. So, Raj, we got uh, the Bruno interview going up on the YouTube channel, being the audio version of the podcast. Uh, anything else people should look for in Wrestling Inc.? Uh, man, it's it's it's, insan it's been insanity. It's still going to stay insanity. You know, this weekend... <sighs> I hate to even say it, it might be a, uh, a slow, slow one because then something crazy happens. Um, but uh, just just keep checking out the site. There's like 40 articles a day. So cool, man. Uh, I'm Glenn Rubenstein. You can find me on Twitter at Glenn Rubenstein. Appreciate a follow and a shout out. And uh, of course, follow Wrestling Inc. on Twitter as well. Raj Geary, Raj Geary underscore 303. Until next time, folks, I'm Glenn Rubenstein. We'll see you back here on the Wrestling Inc. podcast. Take care. It's a WrestlingInc.com exclusive. Uh, so, yeah, so how are you? I'm very good, Raj. How are you? I'm doing well myself. Um, good. Yeah, the reaction uh, since the announcement was made about you being inducted has been overwhelming. I mean, cr uh, across the board. And uh, you haven't been on TV in a full-time wrestling role since 1988. Were you surprised by the reaction, not by just uh, the press, but also the younger and older fans? I'm not surprised. I'm shocked. <laughs> I think shocked is more the word. Because honestly, I, uh, uh, you know, when I left uh, the business,
negotiating with uh, Paul Levesque, who is better known as Triple H, and finally we got together to where I agreed to do this. Uh, when they announced that, you know, I was hoping that there would be some positive reaction, but never in my wildest imagination that I think that it would uh, be the way it's been. I mean, it's uh, it's unbelievable. I've, the, my phone hasn't stopped ringing uh, in the last two weeks, and I cannot tell you how many interviews uh, I've done, and not only throughout the United States, uh, interviews you know, as far as radios and uh, uh, newspapers, magazines, and uh, televisions, but overseas. Uh, I did one or two, and, and I got one coming uh, from London. I think I got to do Thursday night, and it, it, it's just been uh, unbelievable. And the WWE, even uh, Paul Levesque, like I said, Triple H, he told me that uh, they were just flooded, you know, with uh, calls and emails and all that kind of stuff. So yeah, I, I'm pleasantly surprised, but I'm really <laughs> quite shocked. Yeah, it, yeah, it's been amazing on, on on our side as well. You know, the stories that we've been doing on it have been the the most popular on the site, and you know, people have been saying lots of emails and tweets and comments. So it's definitely a, a the the biggest uh, definitely the biggest induction. I mean, it, I don't think there will be a bigger induction. Uh, <laughs> wow. <laughs> Yeah, well, um, you're synonymous with Madison Square Garden, which, you know, the most famous arena in the world, and and you've, you know, sold out the garden 187 times. Uh, when was the last time you were at the garden? You know, uh, gosh, well, you know, when I retired, uh, officially retired in 1982, I had made uh, the last appearance then. But then when I came back as a color commentator in, I believe, it was September of 1984, uh, Haven't been there. Uh, it, have you been as a, like a, just as a spectator or anything since? Uh, since no, I have not been in the garden at least 25, 26 years. I have not been in the garden at all. Oh wow! And this May it'll be the 50th anniversary of you defeating Buddy Rogers at the Garden for the WWF title um, in 48 seconds. Now there's always been a lot of stories about uh, that match, and 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 it's. The the story is that uh, Rogers didn't want to lose to you, and that uh, you basically told him in the ring that he was going to go down that night. Uh, was that how it happened? Just about. <laughs> Just about. Yeah, that's how it happened. Yeah, and uh, was there? Uh, and what was Rogers' reaction after the match? Well, we 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 were we. Uh, I don't want to say bitter enemies, but we didn't like each other very much mm-hmm. before, you know. And uh, afterwards, uh, the, it was uh, obviously uh, bad feelings, very bad feelings. We never spoke again, you know. Uh, never spoke again for many, many years until, I don't know if you remember, uh, Georgiana Macacopoulos. Right. She used to write for, you know, she used to write a lot of wrestling stuff and that. And uh, there was a uh, convention one time in New 
that's amazing. And uh, I know you've had so many, uh, so many great moments in the garden. Um, Indeed. If you could pick one moment uh, that so that's been your favorite or one match, uh, is it, is that even possible? you've had your problems with uh, WWE you've, you've spoken at length of, uh, about the problems you've had uh, you know throughout your career and later on um, but you, you finally did go back in 2004 um, I, I think there were discussions about doing a possible DVD uh, on your career is that correct? Yeah, that you met with them, uh, you went to a Raw, and you talked about possibly doing a DVD on your career or something like that? Uh, what, no, what happened was, if you're talking about the meeting that uh, me and uh, my attorney, Marty Lazaro, we had a meeting with Vince McMahon and his attorney, uh, uh, McDivitt, Jerry McDivitt, at, here in Pittsburgh at the uh, Civic Arena. Okay. Uh,
without me being there. So, uh, they, they, you know, they were talking about different things that they might be able to do. I turned it down because of the state of wrestling at the time, which I just didn't want to be involved, you know. And that was basically the, the reason. Yeah, and it seemed like... Um you speaking out about a lot of the problems, you, you were almost ahead of the curve because, uh, you know, after you spoke out about it, uh, you started seeing these tragedies happen and wrestling ultimately had, you know, finally did change for the better and now it's a much healthier sport um, and a much, much healthier business. Um, when did you, when did you realize that the changes were being made for the better? a lot. 
because uh, I was headed for a wheelchair. I had so done so much damage <coughs> to my back yeah. that uh, you know I could hardly function. I could hardly stand or walk or anything. And uh, it took three surgeries, but uh, he put me in shape to where now I do uh, four and five miles of road work three days a week, and the other three days I'm still pumping iron at this age. Mm-hmm. Triple H, had, had, had you dealt with him before uh, this at all? Never. the game. 
counseling and he wants it to be family friendly uh, I got that very clear from him you know and uh, and, I, and I must uh, take my hat off to the guy and not only that but in all honesty I've been very critical of Vince McMahon because he was the big man the big boss behind it all but uh, I was also told that uh, by Dr. Maroon and others that he that he too was very sincere about uh, changing the, the product to, to make the Vince, do you think do you think you'll meet with him before the Hall of Fame? With Vince, you mean? Or? Yeah, with Vince. You know, for both Vince and his father, you've worked for several other, many, many, many other promoters. Um, and Triple H, you know, is kind of in line to uh, take over the company one day uh, when Vince decides to step down. Uh, with your dealings with Triple H, uh, how do you see the future of WWE under under his direction? You've uh, you've praised you've spoken highly of Kurt Angle. Uh, are there any of the other uh, current stars that you're, you're you have your eye on that you think uh, that you're a fan of? Thanks, but 
and so forth. And uh, and uh, and also, you know, the, the size of the, the individual too to do these uh, these uh, triple somersaults or some of the acrobatic things that they do. You know, in my day, I myself in my prime, in the late fifties and throughout the sixties and up to the middle seventy, I was you know about two seventy, two seventy five. After I broke my neck and I was in the hospital for a month or so, I came, I, I, I dropped the weight down to about two fifty and kept kept that weight till I retired. But we had guys like Don Leo Jonathan, six foot seven, three hundred fifty pounds. Big Bill Miller, six foot six, three hundred thirty pounds. Bobo Brazil, six foot five, you know, three hundred and ten or twenty pounds. Monsoon, six foot five or four hundred twenty pounds. We had a lot of giants in those days, you know. So the wrestling was a, a little bit different, uh, quite a bit different than it is now. Right. And I know you get this question a lot about uh, who you want to induct you, but uh, if you could choose just one name, uh, who would that be? You know what? Uh, I wish I could tell you right off the bat. I, I'd like Dominic Lucci for one because he and I uh, not only uh, came from the same neck of the wood in the old country, but uh, we've been uh, friends for many years. Uh, we, we spent time in Australia together wrestling, although he was a big star in Australia. We stayed there for a whole year. I used to just go for a couple weeks, you know, three weeks at a time. Uh, but I've been in Japan with Dominic. He's been, he's, he's wrestled all over the world. And, and But like I said, because he's a very, uh, I know him for all these years. He's been a personal friend. He's a good guy. And, uh, you know, if, uh, I would certainly uh, be proud to have him. But there are other people that, uh, you know, I would accept. But the WWE has asked me, in a very nice way, they, they said that, uh, you know, if I would allow them to make some suggestions, because they would like somebody that's worldly, somebody, that's, you know, that's really well known, that uh, they, because they say they wanted to make it a special uh, introduction and all that. So I told them, you know, that sure, come up with, two, with some names and then let's kick kick those names around, whether it be the ones that you uh, uh, might come up with and maybe somebody that I might come up with. And, and so there's plenty of time uh, for it yet, so no decision has really been made. But uh, if I couldn't have a, a Dominic Denucci, let's say, if, if it was my choices, I would go with an Ivan Koloff because he's the guy who took the belt from me, you know, and so he made an impact, and, and I think that it might be a, a Another guy made a great impact, which was Larry Zabisco. I mean, the one way to end my career, uh, we sold out every arena and turned them away by the thousands, uh, including uh, Shea Stadium. So, I mean, you know, he made, uh, and he's to be my protege and, and uh, helped him get into wrestling, actually. And uh, so, you know, he would be a consideration, of course. But uh, again, I'm going to see what they come up with, and then we have to get our heads together and can agree with yeah and now kind of look into the hall of fame and 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 being there that night um how do you prepare for something like that returning after 25 years to madison square garden i mean it's going to be a, a crazy ovation it, 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 i hope so i imagine. don't know that <laughs> remember we have uh, the fans that are going to fill that garden that night i wonder how many of them were even born 50 years ago when i first became champion <laughs> Younger people, I, I don't know what to expect. I honestly.
Yeah. yeah. And you're also going to be, uh, I'm guessing you'll be making an appearance at WrestleMania as well, correct? Yes, I will. I will just, uh, no big deal there. I will just be introduced mm-hmm. to that audience, and then that's it. And then I've heard that you'll also be at Monday Night Raw the following night uh, in New Jersey? Do you know what you'll be doing uh, on Monday Night Raw? No, I have no idea. I think just an appearance, but I don't think anything special, at least that I, that I know of, unless they'll inform me uh, of exactly what they want, what they expect. Uh, but as of now, I just know that I'm going to be making an appearance there, and that's all I know. Sure. And can fans expect to see more of you uh, in WWE going forward uh, after, after WrestleMania weekend? excited about is this movie that's uh, been talked about uh, of your of your life uh, you know I've, I've heard it it starts with uh, your your childhood during World War II in Italy and uh, you know chronicles you, you coming to America um, is there any update on that has the script been completed Some of them are relatives of mine 
now mm -hmm. because we've had a lot of interest shown to us from other countries. Uh, the movie, yes, the screenwriting has all been complete, and that too, right now, is uh, uh, the, the, the producer is Scott Rosenfeld. I don't know if you know him. He's, he's the guy who did that Home Alone movie. Right, right. to check that out because rumors do get spread pretty quickly. Yeah, they sure do. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, well, you know, I'm very excited about the documentary, you th and you think it'll be released this year? or not, but has, is WWE Studios uh, looking to be involved with either project? If you could pick anyone to play you in the movie, who would you pick? Me uh, as 
anybody in mind. Nobody's told me. As far as me, I'll be honest with you, so far since I've been watching it, I don't see anyone that I think mm-hmm. could play me at my part that looks like me. I mean, you know, mm-hmm. uh, there's a lot of great-looking guys out there. Don't get me wrong, physically and that. But um, I, I, I don't know. I, I just uh, don't know. Uh, I, I'm very curious myself as to who's going to wind up playing that part. Sure, thanks. And I appreciate you taking the time. I did want to ask one thing that you had mentioned. You talked about uh, going back to Italy while you were filming the documentary, and it's an amazing story of, of, of your family hiding from German soldiers in the mountains. Was that your first time going to Italy uh, since your childhood, uh, at least that, those parts? No, I went back in 1966 the first time back. Uh, my wife and I and my son, we went back in 1966, but I never went again uh thanks again bruno it's really been an honor speaking with you Thank you so very kindly Raj. it's very kind of you for all the latest news and interviews wrestlinginc.com is the only website you need